All right, welcome back to Draft the Universe. This week we've got Jafar. If you're lost and you look and you will find me. Time after time. time. We've got Chris. Money! It's a... Oh, sorry, wrong Pink Floyd song. (laughs) (laughs) And Ben. If I could keep time in a bottle. Theme song. (laughs) Let's do this. Welcome back to Draft the Universe, the Nerdfight Battle Royale. We are uh, experts on nothing, but we will argue about everything. This is part two of our time travel draft. Did you just ad-lib an additional line that we'll forget to say at the beginning of every episode? Every time. <laughs> I've been trying to push that one on you guys for a while. He's been working it in places. Um, this is our third time travel destination episode. It's the second half of the time travel debate. So at the end of the first round of matches, all three of us were tied at three points. Exciting. The first match of the second round is Chris versus Jafer. Ben, could you draw some criteria? All right. Reaching into this box that is smaller on the outside. Okay. Question number one. What would make the best place for a first date? And question two. Oh, God. (laughs) The Bureau of Temporal Investigations is knocking on your door. Future you has changed the past or future. But you have always known it this way. What part of history are you actually responsible? Jafar, I think I know where you're going, but... April 5th, 2063. First contact. Jafar, this isn't the time to talk about time. We We don't don't have have the the time. time. (laughs) (laughs) Drunk Troy is the best. (laughs) All right, Chris, where are you going? Um, onto another podcast where my Dune jokes will get more laughs. <laughs> um, I'm going back to May 26th, 1947, the day that Sergeant Pepper taught the band to play. All right. Also, I'm sure there are about a hundred really dedicated people who would totally listen to Spice It Up with Chris. <laughs> You should get a hold of Yozo and start a Dune podcast. <laughs> Spice it up with Chris. I like it. <laughs> Maybe that will be my big gulp. Okay, so Jafar, take us to burnt-out rural Montana. <laughs> Your ideal date location. So we've got the best shine around. We've got a jukebox with all the classics. That's all we need. You're you're in a the world's quietest bar where you can actually maintain a conversation. And there are quite literally no distractions. It's too soon after World War III for cell phone networks to exist. Can I uh, hazard a guess and say that you probably met on some kind of uh, Facebook fan page for The Greatest Generation? <laughs> Probably, yeah. Yeah, okay. Fair. Sure. 
That, that was it. Okay, you just, that was you get to enjoy each other's company. It's a first date. You right. get to know each other sure, without sure. distractions. Yes, I, I, that's that's a good first date. <laughs> I'm a mature adult. <laughs> no, you just turned, and I thought you were looking something up. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Chris, tell me about uh, your first date. Uh, so, uh, May 26, 1947. Uh, it was a Monday, but let's uh, not hold that against me. Uh, what you have is Europe... Uh, two years after the, uh, roughly around two years after the end of World War II. So you have the, uh, the exuberance of having been a victor. Uh, London is starting to look a little better. It's being put back together. Um, before, of course, it will be terribly uh, and hor- horribly destroyed by the riot that Ben caused. Yeah, my bad. Um, <clears throat> you know, there are some other notable things happening, of course, around the world. Um, Leonardo Arguello Barreto was ousted from the presidency of Nicaragua in a bloodless coup by units of the Nicaraguan National Guard, so that's pretty cool, right? Um, but I think that being able to go back to the post-war uh, world uh, that still has some of the exuberance of, of V-Day lingering, uh, to be able to, to see a little bit of the context of, of World War II without having to be actively in the middle of it I think it'd be a very good uh, and very interesting first date. Right. Jafari, your rebuttal? On a first date, there can be a lot of temptation to play strong. I would have everyone on a first date try and take this advice. Don't try to be a great man. Just be a man and let history make its own judgment. Who says that? You do, 10 years from now. I think this one's pretty cut and dry. Uh, One, because I don't see... Uh, Ellen really enjoying this location. <laughs> uh, she would in Montana. Uh, I don't think she would. She would be angry at all the Star Trek references that you're making. <laughs> she would be angry at all the Star Trek references, but rural Montana would be kind of her jam. But also, you are picking one place where you know the intergalactic Mister Steel Your Girl is going to be. You are in a bar with Will Riker. <laughs> He's distracted. Troy is drunk. <laughs> I'm giving this one to Chris. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Fair. <laughs> uh, okay, the Bureau Bureau of Temporal Investigation from Star Trek uh, is is on is knocking on your door. Future you has changed the past or future, uh, but you have always known it this way. What part of history are you actually responsible for, Chris? There's a knock at my door. It's the Bureau of Temporal Investigation. Uh, Not to be confused with the Bureau of Tempura Investigation, looking after sushi crime. Gotcha. Yeah, that's important. Important distinction to make. Thank you for taking the podcast time to to, <laughs> to, to, to clarify that for us, Ben. Um, so the uh, the the strangely dressed. Uh, I believe they they are dressed in all black, right? Uh, in uh, in Enterprise, they are. In Enterprise. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, uh, they've come to tell me something, right? Um, hey, you know what's weird? Um, the Soviet Union never abolished capital punishment. But that's not important. That's not, that's not what we're here about. You see, something was supposed to happen 20 years ago today. Sergeant Pepper was supposed to teach the band to play, to which I would respond, well, what? Was he sick? Do I have to go and save him? They're like, no, you are Sergeant Pepper. <laughs> All right. 
Chris taught the band to play. Jafer. I've got I've got no delusions of such heroism. I wake up to a knock on the door. I've got a four alarm hangover. It's either from all that whiskey or your laser beam or both. <laughs> but I'm ready to make history. So when the time comes, what I what I'm responsible for, my part in history, that was actually me all along, I sneak the magic carpet ride tape onto the Phoenix. Because Zephram Cochran forgot it in his drunken stupor. All right, you make sure he's got those good, good space jams. Otherwise, how do you know the warp drive will work? If you don't have Magic Carpet Ride to play for the first warp flight. That's Buffalo Springfield, right? I think so. It's I'm thinking the right song, Magic right? Magic Carpet Ride? Yeah. You don't know what we can find. Yeah. Why don't you come with me, little girl? On magic copyright. Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. That's right. right. And just as a side note that I'm going to edit out of the pod later, all you J.J. Abrams universe haters who are all like, oh, what's this real music in Star Trek? Precedent. I mean, come on. Star Trek V had a ghetto blaster. The main problem is that <laughs> the Beastie Boys reference Spock and they play the Beastie Boys all the time. So how do they reference Spock in a universe where Spock exists 200 years later? That is the number one thing at the top of the billboard at Temporal Investigations. (laughs) (laughs) Beastie Boys. (laughs) How? Uh, But I'm giving this one to Chris for teaching the band to play. Thank you. Chris earns a decisive victory and three points. Although this does make you directly responsible for me destroying London. I'm okay with it, yeah. All right. You guys need to stuff with your time loop shit. Gonna get in trouble. Okay. It's a fixed point. Ben and Chris is the next match. Your time-traveling partner, Rube Goldberg, and you are trapped at your destination. How do you get home? And time to take over the world. Describe how your destination helps you achieve your master plan. Ben? All right. I'm going to uh, 1856 uh, to Indiana and Lincoln's Lost Speech. Okay. Chris? I'm going to hop into my space Camaro, um, set the, uh, the radio to rush, and head off into the dystopic future of 2112 yeah your time traveling partner rube goldberg and you were trapped at your destination how do you get home we've got the mississippi river pushing the paddle but uh the paddle it knocks over row after row of books okay knocks down a bowling ball goes weaves in through some trees uh hits a fence post knocks it over the cows get loose the cows are all attached to uh to ropes, which is pulling a big weight. Okay. That weight is uncovers the hole where I hid my uh, my uh, time machine. Okay. And then I just go home. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Chris? So picture Earth. The distant future. 2112. Things have gotten pretty bad. It's a little Ayn Randian. Two syllables, Ayn Randian. Um, 
Individuality is a sin. Freedom of expression, yeah. freedom of expression, nowhere to be seen. The camera pans onto a mountain, fades to black, and we are in a future cave. At the top of the cave, a marble sits upon a domino. The domino falls, and the marble begins its long circuitous long circuitous voyage down through the mountain. It taps upon puddles. It hits some stalactites. Tink, tink, tink. And then it splashes into a pool of water. The pool of water slightly overflows, hits an electrical switch. You hear the faint sound of an electronic amp firing up. All of a sudden, a robot hand comes out of the rock and begins tuning a guitar. Ding, ding. From far atop the, the cave ceiling, droplets of water fall from bits of rock and start hitting the strings, playing a song. The song summons another robot who picks up the guitar, begins strumming it as he walks out into the future landscape. People hearing that guitar start to gather around as he is walking towards the Temple of Syrinx. The priests are assembled on the high plinth above the crowds looking down. They begin to gesture and point viciously. The robot heeds it not. He walks up and begins clobbering them to death with the guitar. It sounds awesome. And then the elder race of men show up and I'm like, hey, can you give me a ride home? Okay. Ben gets it for not having to Uber. Next criteria. <laughs> Time to take over the world. Describe how your destination helps you achieve your master plan. So it's the future. All right. <laughs> and things have gotten pretty Ayn Randian. Yep. Mm-hmm. But instead of a robot in the cave, it's me. Oh, okay. I'm finding the guitar and tuning it up and and uh, and I'm, I'm I'm playing it for the first time. Who has ever heard guitar before? It's lovely. See how it sings like a sad hawk and joyously squeeze out its pain. Songs that build high like a mountain and notes that fall. Jazz softly like rain. It's been a while since I've listened to 2112. I should have done that before this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the guitar to the Temple of Syrinx, and the priests are all like, no, uh, this, this thing led to, to the, the fall of the elder race of men. Uh, you will bring ruin upon us. But I'm like, but, look, look, but it's awesome. Listen to this sweet, awesome guitar solo that I'm playing as I'm running away from your death robots. Um, and then... And then they, they, get, they grab it, and the guitar breaks, and I'm sad, and I'm in my apartment, and I'm imagining what the guitar sounded like as I prepare to take my own life. Um, but then, dun-dun, dun-dun, the elder race of man has appeared. What's that? Who's leading the elder race of, of men? Also me, because I am everybody in this story, and I don't know where I was going with this. I mean... Dystopia does sound like a prime place to 
to save to take over the world. You bring down the the, the priests. Y- you are everyone, which is an episode of Doctor Who where the Master takes over the world. So a guest mission accomplished. Ben. Okay, so uh, the the lost uh, speech of Lincoln is uh, a really interesting piece of American history. It is the speech that Abraham Lincoln uh, gave that pretty much founded the Illinois Republican Party, made Abraham Lincoln so popular that he was the runner-up for the uh, vice presidency that year. He was he became somebody to watch, somebody mm-hmm. to pay attention to. And the speech was so good, nobody kept notes. Everyone stopped writing and was so enraptured. And I think that might be the really good time to hitch myself to the coattails of this Abe Lincoln guy <laughs> and make myself really good chums with him. And, you know, I know what I know now. And I just, like, hey, Abe, I understand. I'm not going to try and steal your spotlight. spotlight. I, I I know how the next couple of years is going to go. I can make it go real smooth. Just make me your vice president. Just make me your vice president. You know, what do vice presidents do? I mean, no vice president has ever taken over for a president before. I'll, I'll just I'll just fade into, uh. into political obscurity. And then, unfortunately, because it is a fixed point in time, Lincoln gets shot. And it's sad and it's tragic. And then who's president of the newly reformed United States? Well, that would be me. And who decides to uh, to turn those those grand armies north and conquer Canada? Well, that would be first. Em- that would be Emperor Ben the First. And who arises in the the wild northernness <laughs> of Canada to fight you? But uh, but but me and the band Rush. With with the not for a few hundred years, <laughs> but we will okay. rise up okay. and defeat you. Okay, guys, guys, guys. I'm the judge. I'll judge. Okay, so just to be clear, Ben, your plan is to become vice president and make Abraham Lincoln forget that William Henry Harrison and Zachary Taylor both died in office already at that point. Oh, yeah, Chris, your master plan is I am he. As you are he, as you are me, and we are all together, you are everyone, and hence you all agree. And since you taught the band to play, you are the walrus. <laughs> right? Your, your judgment is impeccable. Um, yes. Chris gets the point. <laughs> go, go, get you, motherfucker. <laughs> Next criteria, the tiebreaker is... Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on with this recording? H.G. <laughs> Wells' time machine has been stolen by Jack the Ripper. What trouble does he get up to before you stop him? Jack the Ripper is now loose in uh, 1850s Illinois. He makes his way up to Chicago, where he's hiding out because uh, he knows his time isn't yet. But what happens? He finds this, this, this young boy a few years later who he takes under his wing. This, this, young, this young boy who he, he, he becomes his patron and gets him, gets him into medical school. That's right. He raises H.H. H. Holmes. Jack the Ripper. 
raises the first American serial killer. Okay. Jack the Ripper uh, gets off of... Um, whose who's time machine was that? H.G. Wells. Jack the Ripper gets off of H.G. Wells' time machine. I'm assuming that's the uh, the same time machine from... The time machine. The time machine. So it's got a yeah. bunch of like crystals and like spinny bits and... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, w- that would actually would not be too out of place in Victorian London. Yeah. So no, it shouldn't be. It's a yeah. big old clock on the back. Yeah, it's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Yes. So he uh, so he hops out into this world in which there's no longer any um, uh, no no longer any uh, ego, um, no longer any creativity. Everybody dresses the same. Um, nobody nobody knows any music. Um, I think that he finds this abhorrent and becomes a freedom fighter. Uh, occasionally murdering somebody because that's what he does but most of the time he's murdering them uh priests of the temple of syrinx uh i think that he helps um uh throw them down and briefly becomes the leader of uh, another type of future dystopia where your whole country slash planet is run um by one of the world's most notorious serial killers so that's pretty bad um um, but and what's the what's the end game? Sorry. Just what does he do there? Yeah, I think that um, he embraces music and individuality, and murder is freely accepted as a uh, form of currency. Uh, and the elder race of men uh, coming to uh, free the uh, the old remnants of their of their race, uh, they see what's going on there, and they're just like, hmm. Maybe not. <laughs> uh, and 2112 isn't written by Rush. It's written by Andrew Lloyd Webber, and it's a musical instead. I can see that fitting with David Warner. I don't know who David Warner is. You, yes, you do. He's an actor. He also plays Jack the Ripper in Time After Time, which is what this criteria is referencing. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. Nice. That guy. Okay. Gorkhan. I've never seen him. Chancellor Gorkhan, Star Trek Six. Okay, you know him. Yes, I know him. <laughs> God, you see Tommy Wiseau's making another movie. You see that Tommy Wiseau uh, asked Mark Hamill for uh, tickets to the Oscars yeah. <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah. Oh man, I got to give it to Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Logically, um, I see that like. I can see that book. I can see that movie happening. Like, it makes sense to me. We don't want to see Jack the Ripper, savior of humanity. Yeah, Jack the Ripper, savior of humanity is just, it's, it takes, it's too much. It takes a dark twist. He starts off, he's an anti-hero. He's like prowling the streets of, of, uh, of New Earth. He's killing people, but he's also showing people that like, hey, you can express yourself by murder. You know? <laughs> It's, but at what point does Batman come to kill him? Ooh, that's a nice crossover. All right, last match of round two, Jafar versus Ben. All right, our first criteria: Who could have seen this coming? How do you meet your demise at this location? We'll say that most interesting answer wins on that one. Okay. Okay. And. Uh, Get in the cardboard box, Abe and Aaron, as we try and figure this mess out. So you get in the box, but we're already in the box? So how does that get you anywhere? Ah, fuck it. 
write a haiku about your destination while I reread this criteria four times until it makes sense. Uh, I am choosing first. All right, Jafar. I'm going to go with Plato's Symposium. I'm going with the gunfight at the OK Corral. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uphill argument to, to, to be made there. Who could have seen this coming, Jafar? How do you meet your demise at this location? So the symposium um, is a night of drinking and entertainment, usually debate, but not always, um, that follows a meal provided by the host. Um, Who could have seen this coming? I died during the symposium from dysentery of food poisoning from the nice meal. Ah, so you're saying that your modern immune system was no match for the uh, tough and dirty foodstuffs of the past. Correct. Uh, Something from 385 to possibly 370 BC, we're not quite sure. Gotcha. Okay, so... Doesn't settle well. So, uh, so... Some historic grain, possibly, that wasn't sanitized properly compared to modern standards that I don't have the stomach floor to handle. So you shat yourself to death in the pursuit of enlightenment. Yes. Excellent. Ben... So I'm in Arizona, uh, Tombstone, uh, in the Arizona Territories. As I walk to get my my vantage point, I, alas, like Doc Holliday, already have tuberculosis. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Just by showing up in the 1880s, it's a roll of the die, and I failed. So... Very similarly to Jaffer, I will die pooping my brains out from diseases I am not prepared to fight. Okay. You might think, Ben, wouldn't you get shot at the OK Corral? Actually, most of the guns at the OK Corral were held by the Earps. The Clantons were pretty much unarmed. It was more of a murder at the OK Corral. (laughs) As long as I know to stand behind them, I'm pretty safe. But you know what I'm not safe from? Tuberculosis. Mm. (laughs) Similarly, you might imagine at the symposium, uh, famous for getting many a people drunk, that alcohol poisoning would do me in. But no, shitting myself during the debates. At least I have laudanum. I'm going I'm to use Alanis Morissette to make the judgment here, which is more ironic. Uh, shitting yourself to death um, after a meal or shitting yourself to death uh, at a gunfight. Uh, and I think that who would have seen it coming? Uh, you go to a gunfight, but you end up pooping to death. <laughs> uh, so, Ben, you get that one. <laughs> but wouldn't it be more ironic to shit yourself to death in front of the creator of irony? Don't you think? <laughs> I made my choice. <clears throat> All right. R- really, though, Pla- Plato is credited with it is with irony just just throwing that out there yeah alanis morissette did not write that song about irony she just used the term irony all right well there's no way i can make it to the final so let's crash and burn this bitch (laughs) okay um so skipping the first part of this criteria um fuck it write a haiku about your destination so we will take this podcast first And hopefully last, poetry break. Hopefully last, poetry break. 
All right, then. Let's hear that haiku. Erp versus Clanton. I'll be your huckleberry. Time for more whiskey. <laughs> All right. Well, um... Yeah. All right, Jafer, let's uh, hear your poetry. Aristophanes said a lot about love here. It's cool. We're all gay. <laughs> yep, it's cool. We're all gay. <laughs> all right. Well, that's... Uh... We're going to the tiebreaker. Yes, okay. All right, for our tiebreaker, how well would you fit in at your location? Now, you are both covered in shit already, so I think probably okay. You, you, you at least smell the part. So. Yeah, coughing up blood. Yeah. Um, I mean, how well would I fit in? I would definitely look like I belong. Okay. Um, uh, my my again, ethnic origin uh, audio, matching. Okay. I was going to say, <laughs> audio medium, you're going to have to make some uh, <laughs> some adjustments there. Yeah. No, no. Uh, my my uh, ethnic origin being Mediterranean, um, I would definitely fit in there in ancient Greece. Um, at the symposium itself, we're drinking a lot of wine. Um, I am... I do have a bit of a earned reputation as being able to hold my liquor. Um, and also, it's long-winded debate. So, I'm fitting in perfect here. <laughs> All right. Ben? I speak English. They speak English. I think I've got a bit of a head start here. <laughs> uh, and uh, it is uh, 1888. uh near the, the turning of the century. Uh, I don't know if you know, uh, Wyatt Earp survived into the, uh, the beginning of uh, the Hollywood film industry and was a reference on movies. <laughs> so I, I, I know enough and I know what's coming where I'd be able to make myself comfortable. Uh, I'd be able to prepare for... Uh, the highs of the, the roaring 20s, I'd be able to uh, survive the, the changing tide. I know not to be in San Francisco for the, uh, the, the great earthquake. And I can speak the language of the people who live there. On one hand, Ben does speak the language. On the other hand, I'm afraid of horses, and that might be a detriment in the Wild West. <laughs> I didn't know that. Also, how much did they hate the Irish back then? A lot. Mm-hmm. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. On the other Sorry. hand, uh, Javert's claims about looking vaguely Mediterranean, that they are accurate. Um, I will say that's the first time that somebody on our podcast has played the race card, which is interesting. Um, I didn't anticipate that. Um, and Jaffer does know how to drink wine. Um, when it comes down to it, both of you are probably going to poop yourselves to death anyways. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate to uh, I hate to handicap you for something you freely offered, Ben, but a fear, a crippling fear of horses is really going to work against you. They're big and they're mean and they bite people, okay? 
That one goes to Jafar. Um, although, like I said, both of you probably still poop yourself to death. Well, I, I did look up tuberculosis. It's, it looks like more like cough myself to death. Okay. But... I thought that, yeah. I thought yeah, that, you that don't, was strange. Yeah. yeah, you don't really poop it's yourself to death. It's weight loss and coughing up blood. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, people are going to be a little confused until we get to this until they get to this part of the podcast where we clarify that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering where you were going with it, but I wasn't going to fight you. Okay. It seemed rude. You were already pooping yourself to death. Yeah. yeah. I guess maybe he was just pooping himself to, himself to death. It's probably it, the water. It's probably it's, it's un, pooping. It's well, it's unrelated to his uh, also existing tuberculosis. Well, I'm still lactose intolerant. So. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, so I believe that one goes to Jafar. Yep. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Chris has six points and Ben has six points. So let's go to the final. Okay. okay. All of our draft picks are back on the board. I am a little sad I didn't get to have uh, uh, Whitechapel London as the destination for Jack the Ripper. You, there's still a chance. I know. <laughs> well, no, because for the question... Where does Jack the Ripper take H.G. Wells' time machine? Yeah. <laughs> the time machine takes five minutes to get there. What is your in-flight pump music? You have returned from your trip to great renown, and everyone is excited for your documentary about the event. What is the opening narration? Baby, don't you want to go back to that same old place? Oh, sweet home. Chicago, 1893. Okay, yep. I'm going to Whitechapel. 1888. The reign of Jack the Ripper. Okay. All right. All right. The first criteria, the time machine takes five minutes to get there. What is your in-flight pump music? If either of you pick drowning pools, let the bodies hit the floor. I'm throwing you out of the draft bunker. Okay. Chris. So my my pick is uh, let the bodies. <laughs> <laughs> you can see yourself out. Um, yeah, I mean, I already said it. Blues Brothers, Sweet Home Chicago. Going back to that same old place. Uh, I think that the irony that um, that Sweet Home Chicago that you're going back to is probably the dirtiest most dangerous place uh, possible is um, is pretty pertinent. I would probably be wearing sunglasses at night and have half a pack of smokes as well. So, All right. I'm going to do what I do almost every time I need to find a, a good song for a situation. I am turning on some Credence because I see a bad moon rising. I see Troubles on the way. Oh, don't go out tonight. Well, it's bound to take your life. There's a bad moon on the rise. Hmm. Can I change my uh, my, my my choice? I also <laughs> would like to go with "Bad Moon on the Rise." <laughs> uh, and if you don't mind, I'd like to continue uh, the performance of that song. I do mind. Okay. <laughs> uh. Excellent choice, Ben. You get the point. <laughs> There's a Credence song for every situation. <laughs> I want to say that... We're going to test that theory, <laughs> but not right now. <laughs> I will ask you, one time when I'm judging in the future, what the Credence song is. And we'll see how that goes. 
All right. I'm going to put that in the back pocket for now. All right. You've returned from your trip to great renown, and everyone is excited for your documentary about the event. What is your opening narration? Ben. Whitechapel, London. 1888. A city in terror. A killer lurks the streets. The police seem unable or unwilling to do anything about it. Who is stalking the streets? Who is Jack the Ripper? Who is Jack the Ripper? It was me. I did it. Chris. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. People flocked by the hundreds of thousands to a shining city in white and disappeared by the hundreds into a dark, murderous castle. But mostly, people slopped around in the shit because everything was covered in horse poop and people died by pooping themselves to death. They still do. It's Chicago. It's a terrible city. This documentary explores one man's... uh, Sorry. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, This documentary explores one man's journey into the heart of evil itself as he poops himself to death in 1893. I think I found my limit on poop jokes. (laughs) (laughs) We knew knew it was out there. I knew it was out there, and I wasn't expecting to find it tonight, but... Wait, no. Jafar, the limit does not exist. That's right. Mean Girls reference. <laughs> Stop trying to make Mean Girls happen on this podcast. It's going to. Mean Girls draft. <laughs> that that was another Mean Girls reference. It's, I know. It's fine. Okay. I know he's saying pick, uh, pick Chris to win so that I pick, and that means next week we are drafting Mean Girls. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh. Yeah, I think I think you went back to the well on that one too many times, Chris. I'm going to give it to Ben. And uh, Ben wins two games in a row. Is this allowed? I, I don't think it's allowed. Just don't <laughs> say his name, and we won't find out if it isn't. Okay. Okay, no beeping. Okay, we're good. Okay, we're good. No beeping. <laughs> so that has been our trip through time, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Oh, yep. man, that has been fun. Okay, so uh, I'm in third, so I will get first pick on the next draft. Chris, you are in second, so you can pick our next topic. I think next week, uh, in honor of WrestleMania, we should draft wrestlers. Am I going to be out in time? Am I going to get to see WrestleMania? (laughs) Uh, That's a pretty dated (laughs) reference, actually. (laughs) I yeah. don't know that reference. Making a murderer. They are releasing a, uh, making an innocent man. They're making a rebuttal to fucking making a murderer. <laughs> the fucking Manitowoc Police uh, Department. Just, they, they couldn't handle it. That's too much, man. They gotta tell their side of the story. All right. All, All right. right. So grab your boots, grab your spandex, grab your belts with no pants. We're drafting wrestlers. Next week, with my first pick... You're going to be able to smell what I'm cooking. 
That's Japanese food. But I can't see your draft picks. Do, 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 do. That's right. I definitely hate drafting John Cena if you don't take him. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I'm going to. Uh, oh, well, that's going to be something we're going to find out what happens next week. All right. As always, thank you to the Kickstand Band for our theme song, How It Feels. You can find their music at bandcamp.com. And feel free to shoot us an email at drafttheuniverse at gmail.com with ideas for future topics or draft picks. And join the discussion on Twitter at DraftTheVerse using the hashtag DraftTheUniverse and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash DraftTheUniverse. None of us fucked that up at all. Right? We're getting good at it. Yeah. I know. It's like practice helps. <laughs> all right. I'm not talking about the game. I'm talking about the game I love. Talk about practice. All right. Sayonara, internet. See you next week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like mine or shine. Like the corgi from... Like man or shan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. It's like mine or shine, but with a little more emphasis on the A-Y or I and a slight hesitation before the N. The best I can do phonetically is ein. Ein. Ein? Ein. Oh, like ein. Like, so it's like two syllables. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that is the most pretentious bullshit I have ever heard. And Outside suddenly... of an Ayn Rand novel. <laughs> <laughs> I was going there, Ben. <laughs> you picked up my punchline before I could deliver. Okay. <clears throat> You're the FedEx of people. <laughs> <laughs>